When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Argyle Chat. Joining me today to look back on Saturday's superb win against Blackburn Rovers is our football editor Chris Errington. Hi Chris. Yeah, hi Stu. And a very warm welcome to our special guest Danny Salmon. Hi Danny. Hi there Stu, how are you doing? Very good, nice to have you back. You okay? okay? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, Danny, you were at Home Park on Saturday. Yep. Um, as I said, terrific win for Argyle. And just looking through some of the social media reaction yesterday, some people were saying it was their best win since the championship days. You know, I think it was such an all-round performance. I don't think there was a bad performance on any of the Argyle players. I think it was a, a terrific team performance. Playing with confidence. Um, I think that I mentioned a few months ago regarding... You know, when we're at home, we need to be more attacking. And, and really, it, it was a good display. When we had to defend, we defended really well. When we broke, we broke with numbers. We broke with great skill and ability. And I just think it was one of those games where you walk away and think, that's more like it. That is a really good team performance and a well-deserved victory. Yeah. As a sacred, Chris, going through the, um, the social media stuff yesterday, everyone, and as Danny picked up on that, everyone seemed to be having... Seem to have their own man of the match. Anthony Sarkovic got a lot of yeah. credit from from the Green Army, but there were so many others as well. Gary Sawyer, Fox, Taylor, a real team effort. It, it, it was a, a real team effort, and I think one of the things I've taken from certainly from the Wigan and Blackburn games, Danny, is that earlier in the season and even last season when Argyle were winning their way to promotion in League Two, you know they take the leading games, and then you felt as though as soon as they scored, they'd sit back and try and defend that lead for the. 85 minutes, yeah. 80 minutes, however long it was. It felt like they, they were defending and you get to the final 20 minutes and the opposition would be putting crosses in the box and there'd be near misses and shots and saves and it always felt, you know, nervy. Didn't and I, and I, I thought against Wigan, they got on the front foot, even though Wigan are a very good team and look like they're going to go on and win the league. Um, didn't work out from on, on that day. You know, when they conceded goals was really important that game, wasn't it? They took yeah. the lead, conceded straight afterwards, conceded again just on the stroke of half-time. But against Blackburn, they got themselves 2-0 up. They didn't concede before half-time. And I thought in the second half, they had the game really under control. And, you know, with 20 minutes to go, there was no, well, oh, you know, what's going to happen if Blackburn maybe nick a goal here? They, they were in control all pretty much all game. Yes, I mean, there was a lot of the Blackburn Rovers reporters came down there was quite a media contingent that travelled over them and, and they made the point and I'm not going to you know argue it that you know they felt that Blackburn were well off their, their best and didn't play particularly well but as is always the case if one team doesn't play well you still need the other team to play well to, to beat them and I, I thought Argyle were really good really think, good value I, I think you're right I think it was more about Argyle stopping them playing well I really do. I do think that they're, you know, they're, they've got some really good players. Bradley Dad I mean, hardly uh, had a kick. Did absolutely, he? And, hardly and had a kick. If you think that, how, you know, if you look at that squad mm. compared to ours financially and, mm. and on paper, 
Um, but our players on that day snuffed the problems out, were very, very good going forward. And I think, like I said, it was an all-round, probably one of the most convincing performances against the top side that I've seen this season. Have you noticed that with our goal? It's, I mean, we've spoken before about how important it was to be solid and you know keep clean sheets, but the, the, the sort of performance of the team has really evolved in recent weeks and they are becoming more well, expansive. If you go back to when we were bottom of the table and we started to get some results, we had, I think, a span of six games unbeaten, and I actually wrote that that's where we had to start from. He did the right thing, shutting up shop, making sure we became difficult to beat. But then... We've gone further now. Now we had to do that to actually do what we're doing now. So the confidence levels of the team is so much higher. Whereas, whereas before, you know, if you try to play an attacking game, losing games, trying to win matches at home when you weren't playing well, and then you might end up losing three or four, wasn't the right way. And I think he did it the right way. But, you know, that's what good managers do. And I think that, you know, now we're looking at good force going forward as well. And I think at home in particular now, we look like a team that is going to give anybody a really, really good game. And uh, I think uh, the confidence levels are high and I think uh, it really bodes well for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, we've got a question from Richard who said, do you think David Adam, uh, David Adams, Derek Adams deserves more credit for the way he has turned the team around? Not many managers are able to stop a rot like that, flip it to the, ne- to the level Argyle are start- and now Argyle are starting to stream with the playoffs. His gut's telling him that the playoffs will be probably six points too far and the small squad will be our goal's downfall. But Adams does deserve a hell of a lot of credit because there were people that were yeah. questioning him and, and wanting him to... To, well, to be well, fair, I think we, we here, I think we give him credit. Mm. We've given him a lot of credit for it. Maybe supporters haven't given him enough credit for, for the turnaround. Um, but I think people in football will realise how well that... It's such a difficult thing to do when you're in a bad rut you're at the bottom of the table, you've got a lot of people injured, you've got people that, you know, you've had the sending offs that we had, and it's a very difficult thing to get that confidence back. Um, and for me, I, you know, I, I think all of us here, we've all gave him credit and we're all going to give him credit for what's happened. And I think, you know, the supporters have probably got to do the same. I and mean, maybe, maybe he's right, maybe the, the supporters generally haven't given him enough credit for, what's, uh, for what he's done. Yeah, and we said at the time as well, Chris, didn't we, that Derek deserves the patience and the time to turn things around after everything he'd achieved with our goal last year. Yeah, the thing as a manager though is that in this day and age you don't get a lot of time if, if things aren't going well um, and you know um, that's something that the managers have to deal with. Uh, you know, we, we spoke a lot earlier in the season on the podcast about you know people complaining about the manager's negative tactics um, but with, that was without Ryan Taylor in the team, that was with a slightly distant, different style of play and um, you know Ryan Taylor's introduction to the team has made a big difference because it can now function the way Derek Adams wants his team to function. He's made a, a, a tactical t- switch. Some people would say it was you know, almost forced on him because everyone was complaining that they weren't attacking enough. I don't buy that at all. Derek Adams is his own man and he picks teams and tactics for what he feels is right. Um, but they are functioning really well. And you, know, you look at Carey and Ramirez cut, cutting in off the flanks, playing off Taylor. It's, it's hard for teams to deal with. They, mm. they, you know, they're popping up all over the place. They swap positions, um, and everything fun- is functioning really well. But I just echo what Danny said a minute ago: was that there was that spell in sort of October time when they weren't playing particularly attractive football, but they had to grind out some results. They had to stop the rot. They stopped the rot, and now they've evolved into a team which has played against Wigan and Blackburn, who are 
two of the clearly the best three teams in the division with Shrewsbury being the other one yeah. and um, they've given both of them really good games now you know football as Danny will know better than, than your eyes you will know that just when you think you've got it cracked um, you've got to be very careful then haven't you because you never know what's around the corner but talking into Anthony Sarsavik for example after the game they are full of confidence and why, why wouldn't you be you know um, 24 points from, from 11 games I mean that, that's a phenomenal return isn't it Danny I mean, well, especially when you were at the bottom of the table yeah. not that long ago yeah. Yeah. that's the big thing about it and, and I think that um, the players the manager everybody's got to get, take a lot of credit for getting us where we are at this moment in time and yes I don't think Derek Adams is the type of manager to get complacent I think no. to be on at his players I think there's enough experience in that side to go let's look above us let's see if we can get into that playoff position and I think that's what that's what they're trying to do Just going back to a point you made a minute ago Chris I thought it was a really good mm. point that you made about Ryan Taylor and mm. his return you've got to remember at that time as well it was the wide players that weren't performing you know mm. Danny, do you think the players need to take some responsibility as well? Because we've seen Kerry and Lemiris, you know, playing off Taylor now, and it all seems to be gelling and working really yeah, well. It is. It, the thing is, we, I think players know in the dressing room the importance of other players, and I think we mentioned it when Ryan Taylor. I said Ryan Taylor when he comes back, and when Oscar Threlkel comes back, the balance of the top side becomes a lot better with the structure that Derek Adams likes to play, and Ryan Taylor plays that position as well as anybody for what he, the manager wants. And I think players, you know, when you've got injuries and suspensions and people are trying to, you know, Jake Jervis playing up front on his own or maybe Alex Fletcher played a couple of games up on his own, you haven't got quite the confidence in those players to play that role. It becomes very difficult. People become very negative and people end up maybe dropping 10, year, 10 yards deeper than they should be and it becomes a little bit of a protection thing. Players now look at each other and trust each other. And that is a big thing when it comes to the dressing room. If players trust each other, you, you, you'd be amazed the difference that makes going the other way when yeah. you, the trust is not quite there. You're not sure whether my right wing now is playing centre forward. You know, maybe we, we can't go in support because he's not going to hold the ball up, so we drop a bit deeper. Those sort of things, you know, psychology goes into players' minds, and, and they're the way they play changes. So. It is very important. Chris is right. Ryan Taylor. Danny, Danny as, an, as an ex-pro, what what does Ryan Taylor do well for Argyle? Can you sort of just explain to, to the listeners? Yeah. Because, I mean, basically, we all look at Ryan Taylor and think he holds the ball up well and links it up with his teammates. Yeah. But, but you know, what what makes him so good for the role in the in a Derek Adams team? He he occupies players. He makes it difficult for players at the back to actually get control of the, that situation. We know that we can play the ball up to, to Ryan Taylor and most often than not, he's going to be able to hold the ball up and feed players in like Carey, like Lemires, to come and go and support Sarsovic. He also makes good runs. People don't realise, I mean, the, the, the goal that he scored, it was he dragged away and then went again into the middle of the goal and, and tucked it away nicely. The, the players look at him as a focal point and we play off of him. We don't always go long. We go through midfield and then we go up to the front man. But we do know that if we are being pressured, if we do get the ball, he becomes an outlet that they trust. And when you know that, I mean, in my days, we had Tony Cascarino and Teddy Sheridan that played those roles. Big, strong boys. And we trusted that. So you can gamble a little bit more from midfield yeah. to push on and support that man. But earlier in the season when he wasn't playing, that support, even when it did go, it was being, they were being struggling to get hold of it. The ball would get back into 
defensive areas of ours and our midfield players within yeah. then yeah. those players decide I ain't going to go mm -hmm. then they drop deeper and deeper and deeper and now all of a sudden you've got him up front on his own and you've got the rest of our players on the edge of our box and that's the difference what he brings you he brings you that confidence that he's going to hold the ball up he's going to bring people into play and the midfield players like Ramirez like Sarsovic like Carey can go in support and go beyond him and have that confidence that they're doing the right thing yeah, and given the players the time to get up, yes, and which, join them as which, well. which is important because if you're defending, you need that time. If the ball does go long to him, you need that ten seconds for you to get up and go and support him. And he brings, you, gives you that uh, in abundance. And uh, it's proven since he's become back how much better we perform as a unit because of that. Yeah, a question from Michael Eddy. Uh, my friend Mark and I watched the Wigan game a few weeks back. Mark said to me that Ruben Ramirez is Plymouth's very own Manuel Lanzini, the West Ham player. <laughs> How right is he proving to be? Well, he's certainly taken his chance, isn't he, Ramirez? He's, he's yeah. looking like a different player to the one that we saw earlier in the season. No, he's done very well. He's made the, made the most of the second chance. I mean, I, I think he's definitely benefiting from what Danny's just described about Ryan Taylor because if Taylor can occupy the two centre-backs, you've then got Carey and Ramirez one-on-one -on -one with the opposition full-backs. Exactly. Now, the way that both of them are playing at the moment, I would have my money on them to cause more trouble for the opposition than the opposition dealing with them. And, uh, you know, it was a good finish from the Mirrors on Saturday, wasn't it, beauty. Danny? Um, it was beauty. You know, he, he struck it really cleanly, he's playing with confidence, and um, he's, he, he's been a, a real revelation, I think. You know, you, you, at the start of October, uh, start of December, you know, if we talked about Lemires, I think we'd have all probably thought he would be leaving in the January transfer window. Uh, and. It's funny how it turns out because Jake Jervis was a regular then. And now here we are in February and Ruben Ramirez is a regular in the first team and Jake Jervis, who'd been such an integral part of Argyle for two and a half years, has gone off to Luton. It's, it's, that, that's, it's funny that, how it changes, that is football, isn't it? And that is yeah. the amazing thing about football. We should never, ever give up as a player. Hmm. And I think that Derek Adams has got to take a little bit of credit for that because I think that we were all sitting there thinking when he, when he played against Oldham, hmm. when he went off to Oldham and then came back and everyone's going... What's he doing playing against Oldham? I'm going, it's last chance saloon. I think the manager's got him to one side and gone, right, here you are, here's your chance. Go and prove everybody wrong and prove me right for bringing you here in the first place. And I think that, you know, it, it's coincidental in a, in a way that Ryan Taylor came back and yeah. it helped that situation. Yeah. Yeah. But also he plays with that little bit of flair and that little bit of guile that Carey's got. And, and that gives that, that area they're needing more than Carey. And now we've got that with Lemiris. And I think that with the holding players being like Jamie Ness and Fox to protect his going forward and, and maybe giving balls away when he's trying to thread balls through is not as, as, as a problematic as it would have been if we weren't playing in, in the way that we are playing at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. So you think back to the start of the season and one of the common questions we always got was can Lemiris and Carey play in the same team? And mm -hmm. Derek's found a way in which he's, he's dovetailed that and, and they're playing really, really well. And it wasn't an easy solution to come up with, I don't think. And, and obviously the injury to Ryan Taylor didn't help matters. But again, I think that's where you've got, you have to give credit to the manager. He, you know, I've, a lot of us wondered how could you get Carey and Ramirez functioning well in the same team. And he has found a way, clearly. So, um, you know, credit to, uh, to yeah. Derek Adams for that. Just a word on, uh, on Kerry, I mean that pass, I say it's yes. pass because it was for the second goal, so yeah. many players would have just put their foot yeah. through and crossed the ball in there, mm. it was such a measured pass wasn't it, that, that made the goal really. Well, it's a yard further forward and the goalkeeper's got it, yeah. a yard further back and the yeah. defender's cleared it, mm. it's one of those where he's got into the, in between the two centre halves 
and the ball was absolutely perfect. Mm. I mean, the, the play from Sarsovic to actually create that opening mm. was terrific uh, to begin with. The whole move from start to finish was completely and utterly absolutely superb and, and that's why the difference between our goal probably a few months ago, it would never have happened. Mm. It would never have happened. We would have probably just put our ball foot yeah. through the ball, mm. cleared our lines, but no, little flick over the, the, the midfield player's head, yeah. ran, drove into the middle, played it out wide, great ball in the middle and a goal. And uh, I think it just sums up what Argyle are all about right at this moment in time. Yeah. Question from Lewis. Who is more important to the team, Graham Carey or Sonny Bradley, in your opinion? <laughs> that's one for Danny. That's, a, that's a good one. I'll let Danny go first. Do you know what? You can, you, I, don't, I don't actually think that you can, you can choose between them. They're just as important as each other. I know somebody wants a, a direct answer to a question. I normally give, will give you. you, you know, but, yeah. but right now, Sonny Bradley, last year and since he's come back fully fit and healthy this year, has been superb at the back. And Carey, you know, after his few problems and sending off that he had earlier in the season, you know, he functions so well, you know, in the team. And without either of them, we wouldn't, we wouldn't function. So having the right cogs in the right wheel at the right place. And I think that, you know, you, you try different things in different places. But right now, they're equally as important. Bradley at the back, he's been playing terrific for a couple of years, ever since he's been here, to be fair to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Carey's been no different. So... You know, you can't sort of say, well, if, you know, if I had a choice between him and him, two different positions, two very important players for Plymouth Argyle. So I think they're equally as important. <laughs> so sorry I couldn't answer your question. It, it is interesting with Sonny Bradley. I mean, he came to Argyle having been at Crawley Town and he'd been the Crawley captain, but, you know, he, he, was, he was playing in a team that was sort of ho-hum, sort of not really going anywhere. And uh, he came to Argyle in the second week of pre-season and, and signed a contract then. And... Um, you know, his career wasn't really going anywhere at the time. And um, I think full credit to him, you know, he was excellent last season. He got in the League Two Team of the Year. Um, you know, there's not many better centre-backs in League One and what I've seen this season than, than him. I think he's done, done fantastically well. Um, you know, you'd certainly like to see Argyle look at somebody like Sonny Bradley and think, we really need to try and keep him. And, you know, I, I, there's going to be talk as we go on towards the end of the season and in the summer about will he leave? Um, when he's out of contract, you know, Argyle would make a good statement of intent if they could uh, try and come up with a deal for him. It, yeah. it won't be easy mm. because I think other look, other clubs will look at him and, and think that they would like to have him on their hands as well. But uh, I think he's been excellent. And yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? You could ask that question that Lewis has asked to a hundred Argyle fans, and they might be yeah. 50, 50 for Carey, fifty for Bradley. I think that's probably tribute to both of them that. It's a difficult one to pick out because they're both performing at a very high level yeah. at the moment. The, the interesting thing as well with uh, with Bradley now, I mean, we believe he's out of contract mm. in the summer. Yeah, he's obviously seen Kerry get a pretty hefty yeah. pay rise yes. to stay at Argyle yes. last year, and he's yeah. got every right to go in and say, "Look, yeah. I'm deemed as being every bit as important to the team as, as Graham Kerry is." Plus, he was, player, plus he was player of the year last year. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and to be fair to him, you know, if we're going to show, if they're showing that they can play, they can perform week in, week out, and if we, we, we're going to show any intent on what we want for the future of Plymouth Argyle, we need to look after these players. Correct. You know, it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you've got to do things that you might not normally do. And if you feel, you know, that those players are worth a big pay ride, you give it to them. You know, with the reason I, I just don't, you know, you know, if players and supporters and, and everybody around the club are showing their support and their intent for Plymouth Argyle, then the board 
um, and, and, and the contract dealings, they've got to show their support in the manager and those players. Now, whether those players sign those contracts or not yeah. is a different matter. Yeah. You know, if they feel that they've got better offers somewhere else and they'd like to move on, fine. But at least we've said, look, we really rate you. Yeah. We, we want you to stay. We want this core of this team to push forward. Hmm. Then they should show their intent by offering them a contract that is worthy of their position. Yeah, absolutely. One final question uh, for the time being. Michael Wonderly, is Matt Neal the unmentioned member who's played a prominent role in Argyle's incredible turnaround? Chris, you know a little bit about uh, Matt. Yeah, well, Matt is the, uh, the sports analyst does all the data, does all the uh, checking up on the opposition and, 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 on, and on the Argyle players as well, does all the sort of technical side of things that never used to be in football 10 years ago and um, yeah, I think everyone plays their part at a football club. When things are going well, you know, when things are going badly, you know, it's a team behind the scenes. Uh, when Argyle was struggling, we, we would get questions about, or oh, should there be a change of coach? Should, you know, Craig Brewster, you know, or Paul Watton, you know, should they be replaced? And, and now we're on the opposite side, aren't we? And things are going well, and, and everyone's getting accolades, and you know, deservedly so. The Argyle are on a great run, you know, fantastic run. Um, I suppose it's about everyone behind the scenes, and I'm sure Derek Adams will be this, where you keep level-headed, never get too high when things are going well, never get too low when things are, uh, are going poorly. Stick together, keep working, stick to your principles, you know, be organised, and, and trust that your principles and beliefs will, will turn out well in the end. Again, it's the trust. Well, I, I said that in my last article about the players trust each other and you need trust in everything. And if Derek Adams has got his team together and he believes that he needs this information and that information against the opposition and his own players is good information and it makes it easier for him to make decisions on the opposition and his own team, then it's a, it's a wonderful thing that he's doing. Mm. You know, some people might say, well, what's the need of somebody giving you a load of stats? Stats don't mean anything. Well, you know what? Stats is part of the game now. And unfortunately, whether you believe in it strongly or believe in it a little bit, it doesn't really matter. It's just another thing that a club is going towards the success that they want. And if he's a part of that, then, you know, he's doing a terrific job. And if Derek Adams trusts him and he trusts the information, um, and, and, and I think that it's very important that people not overly think about this sort of thing because the only person that it really matters is Derek Adams. If he wants that information and he believes that information is what he needs to do the right things at the right time, then he's doing a terrific job. I imagine that's a, a part of the game that you've seen a massive development oh, in. Absolutely. From, I mean, there was none of this stuff before. What we did is we, we turned up to games to watch the opposition, even as players, if it was not far away, we'd go and watch the team we play, we'd watch how they played, what they did, but we didn't have how many times that they made tackles in the final third or how many crosses they put in. You could see it with your own eyes. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a lot more intense than that now. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more involved than when, when we were playing. And uh, whether it may, makes a massive difference or not, I, I don't really know. But I'm sure it helps a lot of the managers and a lot of the teams. Uh, um, to, to do what they need to do. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a lot of questions about the transfer window. Um, I think there's going to be some, some mm. interesting debate about this now. Yeah. First of all, guys, was it a good transfer window for our goal? Um, I think time will tell. He says slightly yeah. sitting on the fence. I think um, if you look at the signings that Argyle made, Remy Matthews comes under that category. That's a good signing. He's a good yeah. goalkeeper. 
Um, and if he stays fit, I think he'll do very well for Argyle for the rest of the season. Zach Vine has played two games after coming in on loan from Bristol City. I, I was really impressed with him on Saturday, but I'll probably say that about all the team. But I think for a 20-year-old, he looks composed, he's quick, he's strong, he's powerful, he's good on the ball. Looks a really good signing. Uh, Simon Church um, looks to me, particularly if Ryan uh, Taylor keeps playing like he is, is going to be on the bench as cover for him. So might not see too much of him, um, but he's got experience. And if anything did happen to Ryan Taylor injury-wise, then you've got um, somebody that can fit into the team. And Moses McCarthy, the young lad that's come on, not so young, 22, coming on loan from, from West Ham. He's going to find it difficult getting in that central midfield three at the moment, isn't he, Danny? The way they're playing. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, the signings, you know, good and, you know, maybe players that might not feature that much if Argyle keep doing well. Departures, would love to have kept the Garaga, but, you know, that wasn't going to happen for finances and reasons that he wanted to be closer to his family. Um, it's two or three players that are left the club that were surplus to requirements. Um, Never a good thing to have players are hanging around a football club, is it, Danny, when they know they're not going to be in the team? Um, and then I suppose the big talking point is Jake Jervis. And then, you know, what's your opinion on that? And uh, I think everyone would agree it's good business for Argyle to have somebody that wasn't a regular in the team at the time go for £125,000. That's good business. You know, he would have been out of contract in the summer, probably would have left for nothing. It's the timing of the move, isn't it? And Argyle not having the time mm. to spend any of that money on a replacement. So that's my sort of long-winded sort of way of saying it's not a bad window. And, you know, if, if Matthews and Viner are two really key, strong players for Argyle for the rest of the season, then, you know, you'd say it, it wasn't too bad. And one other point I would just make, don't forget, they kept Ryan Taylor. Bradford was sniffing around him as well. Yeah. How we've, we've just spent a lot of time on the podcast here saying how important mm. he was. So I think it, it was key that they made sure they kept him as well. Yeah, I think you're dead right, Chris. I think it was more about what we retained. Like people like Kerry, people like Bradley, yeah. people like Taylor. Mm. These people, you know, you get rid of them and now you're, you've got a big hole. Yeah. So it was equally as important to keep people than to go out and buy people. But I think Derek Adams is limited to what he can afford to go and get in that window unless you've got a lot of money and there's players that are needed by bigger clubs you're not going to get them so Zach Viner I thought first game he was pretty good I thought the, the combination in the first game that he played against Wigan I thought you could see that they hadn't played together and that's where their second goal came from where it, they got too far apart and uh, their, their number 11 I can't remember his name now scored the goal um, there was a little bit of positional play but on Saturday I thought he was superb I thought he's positioning he's on the ball he made the right decisions at the right time um, Moses we don't know I mean I'm, I'd like to think coming from my stand that he's going to be yeah. uh, a good footballer um, so we've got somebody that can actually get in there if we've got an injury or a suspension or whatever in there and like Chris said he will find it difficult at this moment he may play the other way game mm -hmm. and, and give somebody a rest um, so overall I think it's been pretty good I just don't think that we've got many options as Plymouth Argyle at the moment I really people don't. want to see Argyle spend transfer fees yeah, that's it, what it all comes down and to and it ain't going to happen they, they've seen three loans and a free agent come in yeah. and they've looked at other clubs around League 1 and there's teams playing £100,000 plus Luton are in League 2 although yeah. they're a sizeable club you know yeah. don't underestimate that have paid one hundred and twenty-five grand for for, um, for Jake Jervis and, and Argyle fans want to see that and I, I can understand that um, yeah. but they've got but, to be realistic as well Chris they yeah. have to I mean right now we know that's not going to happen for, for whatever reason it ain't going to happen 
So what Derek Adams has done, he has got at that little bit of quality. I mean, Zach Viner has he's got quality, without a doubt. You can see the way he moves, the way he runs. It's a bit like Curtis Nelson, yeah. his athleticism. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. You know, Moses obviously is coming from a good background, so let's just hope that that's the same with him. The, but again, the retention of players has been important as well in the window, and I think that that is a good sign for me. Let's just hope that uh, coming into the season that we can show that intent, uh, keeping players as well. I think it's the number of players that came in. You spoke about the options. I think that's what the, yeah. the fans are slightly concerned about. Uh, we have had lots of people asking, though, where is the money going? Obviously, we've seen the 125 grand come in for, mm-hmm. for Jake. You know, where, where is the money going? Well, uh, they didn't have time to spend it. That was the, the problem with the Jake Jervis situation, that um, you know, it's very difficult to do a deal when the Jake Jervis deal was done, what was it, you know, um, hours before the deadline, wasn't it, Stu? Um, you wonder whether Argyle could have, um, um, if they, it's difficult to know exactly how much, how aware they were of interest from other clubs in Jake Jervis. Could they have engineered a situation maybe where they could have got the deal advanced a couple of days earlier and then given themselves Absolutely. a bit of time to, yeah. to bring one someone in? Um, players going out um, frees up money. Yes, of course he does, and you've got a transfer fee there. Where's the money going? Um, the thing with Argyle is that they are spending what they receive. Um, and whether you like that or not, um, that's the way it goes. I mean, Graham Carey was fantastic news that he re-signed last summer. Um, but he, he won't be playing for peanuts. You know, he, he, got a, he will have got a very good contract. You look at a lot of the teams in League One. You certainly look at, at Wigan, for example, and Fleetwood we've mentioned before. They, they get smaller crowds, but they are funded by benefactors, wealthy benefactors who put their hands in their pockets, um, invest in the club, invest in shares in the club, and um, you know have got a lot of money. Now, James Brent is uh, sticking to the principle that he's always had since day one, that Argonne are going to be sustainable. And um, now, it's difficult to quantify exact sums of money because transfer fees aren't really disclosed very often. So there's a little bit of guesswork going on. You don't know what the players are paid. Um, but uh, you know, my, my, my feeling is that you know, Argyle are pretty much um, spending most of the money they get on the squad. Um, there's obviously lots of work going on at the club as well. Um, you know, it, it, Derek Adams made the point when I spoke to him last Thursday that... Um, the money just doesn't have to be spent on players. There's other things to be spent on, and um, that can be looked at two ways. You can look at that and think, well, you know, where's that money going? Or you can think, well, there's an awful lot of work that needs doing around Home Park that has been done around Home Park. The training ground last summer wasn't cheap. I mean, uh, they've been able to use the training ground pretty much all winter, which um, anyone who knew Harpers Park from years ago, no, really um, well. <laughs> it, you know, a, a light shower and it'd be waterlogged for yeah. a month, wouldn't it? So. Um, yeah, people are always going to say where, where's the money going when there's no transfer fees coming in. Um, I did a piece last week and I do think Argyle are getting to the stage and Sonny Bradley's contract situation is another example of this yeah. where they, they've, they've done well, they've got out of League 2. Hopefully this season is going to end in a nice, solid first season back in League 1. I think then is going to be the time when the club are going to have to look at yeah, we've, we've, we've done well to get where we are without spending masses of sums of money and we've kept us out. And I'm not advocating they, they suddenly throw the kitchen sink at everything. But I think the next step in their development will be to give some players some better contracts, to start paying transfer fees and to try and get people in. It's not easy and the fans have got to do their bit by turning out in good numbers as well because um, 
as Danny said, you know, uh, there's the transfer. The Argyle suddenly aren't going to start spending two, three hundred thousand pounds on transfer fees. I just, mm. I just can't see it unless you you were in a situation where somebody bought the club and was ready to throw money at it. But that doesn't seem very likely, does it? No, I, you know, as a player, an ex-player, should I say? You know, you want to see some commitment, mm. and and I get James Brent. I mean, we went into administration, and and we we know the, the story behind that. But there has to be a point where just having X amount of money coming in and that's all you're going to spend at a football club is never or ever going to be enough. And unless the manager um, has got some sort of backing um, and people trust in what he does, and I'm not saying throw everything no. at the club. No. I mean, I'm not. But you've got to turn around and say that if he has got money and he's prepared to sort of have a little bit of a support in, in the team and the manager and believes in him, then it would be nice to, to have a, a little bit of a, a push, maybe trying to get to the next level with a little bit more support. Mm. We would all like that. And I think Derek Adams would love that um, because I think his hands are tied at the moment. Well, I've got a slight theory in that perhaps Derek Adams has looked at it and thought, OK, I'll let Jervis go because otherwise, as you mentioned, Chris, he could have gone for free in the that's, summer. That's good business. Take 125 grand now, as you say, that's great business. Mm. That money could then go onto his budget for next season he could be able to tie Sonny Bradley down yeah. on a more loop contract and give it a real yeah, I mean, yeah. Getting rid of Jake Jervis at that time was, was, was the right thing to do, definitely. It's like Ben Purrington going for 300000 was the right thing to do. You know, and I just think that there are good deals that we've done, Derek Adams has done. Um, I just think that there will be a time, like Chris has just said, that at the end of this season, I think everybody, James Brent, the board, manager got to sit down and go where do we want to go where where do we actually want to go do we just want to float along you know a million pound comes into the coffers we spend a million pound a million and a half comes in we spend a million and a half or do we go do you know what he's proven that he's got the ability with a very middle of the road budget to keep us very very competitive hang on a minute i believe in this guy i'm going to help him and i'm going to support him and let's see what happens and i think that would be a good thing to do you know, Producer John sat. His phone's just gone <laughs> off. That doesn't surprise me. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so um, you know, what with his dartboard in the office and, and all that. So, <laughs> you know, so uh, it, it's a it's a difficult one. It is. It is because a difficult one. It's, it's easy to say spend money. Um, it's easy, equally easy to say, yeah, but don't forget that a few years ago we almost went out of business because yeah. we, we we spent too much money, that money we didn't have afford. I think we went too far yeah, one it's, way it's, and then the it's other. Finding it's finding the right balance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That's what it is. About. And I think if we can find that right balance to support a guy who's done really well since the day he walked through that door, the only way you're going to find out what we can, if we can take that next step is to support it. And, and let's go from there. And I think that that's what the supporters would want, and that's what the manager would want. Like you say, with the Jervis money, you'd like to think that that could get used to say yeah. offer Sonny Bradley a, 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 a much improved contract mm. yeah. and, and other players. And it doesn't have to all go out in transfer fees. But um, yeah, it's let's see what happens at the end. Yeah, the way modern football is now, there's sending players out of contract. You don't have to pay the transfer fees that you perhaps did back in your day, Danny. So, but it is that bowl, isn't it, where the top five teams in this league mm. are going to have first choice on all the really good yeah. centre forwards that score 25 goals a James Vaughan and a Griggs mm. that are at Wigan um, so we, we need to be attractive enough and t- attempting enough for them to go do you know what Plymouth Argyle look as if they're doing something want to do something that, that's an interesting move for me and a good move for me so we need to be one of those teams 
Yeah. A question from Dave Searle. Do you think Argyle have enough strength and depth if injuries strike? That Ryan that, Taylor's going to be that a would be That would be a little bit of concern, particularly up front, because you're looking at Ryan Taylor, Simon Church and Alex Fletcher. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if you've got an injury there, that would, that would definitely be a concern. Uh, Midfield-wise, looking at OK. I you think know. it's quite safe. Um, yeah. Defensively, um, you know, maybe another centre-back would, would have been ideal. Um, but obviously you can't legislate for, you know, what's happened to Ryan Edwards. And, you know, um, obviously it sounds as though his recovery is going well at the moment, fingers crossed. So that's, that's all good news. Um, I think it's the striker one I'd be concerned about. You yeah. know, if anything happened to Ryan Taylor... What, what happens then because as we said earlier in the podcast he, he has been very important to, to the I think form. that problem has been here all season with Ryan yes. Taylor yeah. and I think we mentioned that at the start of the mm. season um, defensively yeah, listen I'm sure if you ask Derek Adams he'd like another two or three yes. <laughs> but right now you think to yourself right Yan Songo can play centre half yeah. Yeah. yeah Gary Sawyer can play centre half yeah, and then you've got Aaron Sinclair Taylor can go to left back yeah. so you've got that you've got Jamie Ness you've got the new lad uh, Moses coming in into midfield area Threlkeld can play in yes. the midfield area yeah. so you know we can shift and, and change around it is that attacking side of our game that might be a little bit of a problem if that happens but you know what generally at this time of the year with what we've spent we've got cover most places that is could be okay and I think that uh, you know I hope and cross my fingers Ryan Edwards comes back healthy fit so that that area is one um, and that right hand doesn't get injured yeah. <laughs> so, and you've still got a couple of youngsters there like Sangster and a couple yeah, of other boys in the youth yeah, team that absolutely. Are, you know, could get their chance you know enough so, so, so yes Derek Adams would ideally like more but I think that generally we could be okay between now and the end of the season yeah, we had a question from Morgan Lewis, which we kind of addressed, I think. Do you think the money from the Jervis sale should be put to one side for the summer transfer window or used for other things in the club? So uh, we'll move on to, will Derek Adams look for free agents or is now a good time to blood one or two of the youngsters between now and the end of the season? Um, he, he mentioned that he'll, he'll look at the free agent market and maybe March time if there was an area that needed to be addressed, you know, maybe up front if there was an injury or two there that he could, he could do something with. Um, you know he's not going to look to, to tinker around too much at the moment because if, if it don't broke don't try to fix it sort of thing um, so blooding youngsters you know fans always like to see youngsters blooded you know let's let's get to 50 plus points and, and secure league one status and and then it might be an opportunity to to look at youngsters I mean Derek Adams is is often mentions when when we talk to him the likes of Cameron Sangster and Ryan Law the, the left back and and people like that. So he's he's got they're on the they're on his radar. Yeah. He's he I think he rates them. I think uh, he thinks they're what they're players that could go on and have good careers at Argyle. Um, I'm not sure now's the time to be uh, to be uh, you know making too many changes when things are going well. You know if with a few weeks in the season to go, um, you know Argyle are nice, safe and sound in League One. Then then definitely give them a, give them a go. I mean Danny's obviously a, a great. Um, uh, a, a good voice to listen to on this because you know as we might have mentioned before in the podcast Danny made his first team debut for Brentford at 15 so he is very much a case of if you're good enough you know you're old enough um, I mean do you stick youngsters in the team at this stage of the season no. Danny? I mean I'm all for youngsters yeah. you know me yeah. I've, I've always been an advocate one they've got to be good enough and he's got to believe they're good enough and secondly it's got to be the right time and I think that right now is not the time to, you can put a couple on the bench occasionally, maybe, at best. But right now, 
we need to finish as high as we possibly can. We need to try and get in the playoffs. And I think that once we know whether that's going to be the case or not, then later on, like Chris has said, once you get to a point where you think playoffs might not be there, but we're really safe, then you can start to blood the ones that you feel can adapt to first-team football. So whether he thinks Sankster and Law, like Chris mentioned, are capable is really down to him and the coaching staff. Um, but I wouldn't hesitate playing the youngster that I feel is capable. But right now, unless we had injuries, three left-backs went injured, and then stick Brian Law in there, I wouldn't have a problem with that myself. But right now, it, it, you know, the team are doing well, they're, they're cohesive, they're very, very strong, they're very confident, there's no need to disrupt it at the moment. So, you know, let's, let's bide our time with them this year. And worth remembering as well, of course, they're, they're still in the FA Youth Cup, so that's where their attention should be right now. Yeah, and let's give that a mention before yeah. we wrap up the podcast today. Argyle playing Fulham in the <coughs> FA Youth Cup fifth round on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock kick-off. Fantastic achievement for Argyle to reach this stage of the competition and what a prize awaiting the winners at home to Tottenham or Chelsea. Chelsea won the FA Youth Cup the last three years. What a prize that is. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to going to the game. Danny, I yeah, suspect you will be there, I'll won't be you? Unless something happens to so, me um, we, we, we look forward to seeing as many of, uh, of the Argyle fans as possible turn out yeah. for that. It should be a great night, great occasion. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning as well, like, if you can't make it to Home Park on Wednesday, yep. we will be live blogging games. So uh, make sure you stay tuned to the Herald. Jack Balls, Jack Balls gonna, yeah, he's going to be live blogging. So, yeah, we'll have, we'll have some really good coverage of it uh, before and, and after the game. So, so very yeah. much looking forward to it. Indeed. A couple of quick ones in, guys. Bradford has sacked manager Stuart McCall today. He's with that one? Uh, should never be surprised in football, should you? <laughs> um, I saw a stat that uh, the, the guy that covers Bradford City for the Telegraph and Argos put that Stuart McCall's been Bradford manager since um, June 2016 and it, in that period since they've only been three games where they've not been at least in the top six and he's had a bad run, admittedly six defeats in a row and all that good work from before has gone. And, um, you know, again, it just highlights that, you know, Derek Adams, you know, at another club at Argyle, you know, when Argyle were on that bad yeah. run, could easily have lost his job. But um, I think we said at the time, he built up credit, you don't become a bad manager overnight. Argyle stuck with him and they've uh, reaped the benefits. So, you know, Bradford, you know, they've made the... sense made... so soon off the January transfer window as well. They brought in a load of players in the transfer window and a new manager is going to go in there and have to work with all those new players. It doesn't make sense. No. Oh, ridiculous. Mm. That's what I'm saying. It's a ridiculous mm. decision. OK, well, we'll ask you about Shrewsbury on Saturday then, Danny. What's your prediction? <laughs> I don't, as you know. That's <laughs> why he's asking that. That's, 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 that's exactly you know why that's <laughs> I Somebody asked me about the, the Wigan game and the... Um, Blackburn game, and I both I said both of them. I said I don't. We've got nothing to fear, you know. We're at, we're playing well at the moment. Um, you know they're going to be tough games. Of course they are, but there is no reason why we should go out there with any sort of fear. We should go out there with loads of confidence, just like we did against Blackburn. Shrewsbury are a good side, and it is going to be tough. But I'm still confident that uh, uh, we're going to do really, really well, and I don't see any reason why um, we don't get a positive result from that game. Having a fantastic season, aren't they? Fantastic. I mean, you know, they're, they're, Wigan and Blackburn have got the financial clout to, to be the, easily the best two teams. Um, and they're up there, but little Shrewsbury, and that's not derogatory in any way, but compared to those two clubs, uh, doing fantastic. Everyone thought that they would start, once they started the season, well, everyone's been waiting for them to drop down the table. No. And they're still getting those last-minute winners, those goals that teams that get promoted do. 
Um, they've got a fantastic home record. They really are very, very difficult to beat. Um, I'm sure Derek Adams would, would, would take a point here and now and not, not, yeah. not even bother going there. Yeah. Uh, be a difficult game, but Stanley says, you know, when your confidence is high, you yeah. know, why not? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it, we, we might get beat, but I don't see any reason why we can't go there with confidence. Um, and let's just see what happens. Yeah, that's a good benchmark, really. For yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. see how they're doing. Right, well, that's all we have time for this week. Thanks to Chris and to Danny for joining me and to you out there for listening. We'll be back again next week with more of the same. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.